0: Yo, yo Welcome to another segment of Conversations with a Therapist and today we are gracious to host yet again Jennifer, our in-house therapist yeah, and advisor on things to do with mental health as we are trying to figure out what is mental health in relevance to artists. Maybe Jennifer just introduce yourself, say yo yo yo.
1: Oh yo yo yo. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Chalgo, counselling psychologist registered with KCPA.
0: A, yes. A, titles, titles.
1: As, as you should.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, maybe just a brief wrap up, a brief summary from the previous episode. We are basically just starting to get an inkling of mental health, mm. and especially in our industry of music and arts, just to demystify some things and also get clarity on others. Yeah. So, I was thinking today we can just delve a bit more into creativity and mental health. Yeah. Because in as much as, yeah, there have been scholarly articles that say that mental health creativity helps alleviate and, you know, help people cope when it comes to mental health issues. Mm. But then there are other people who are of the school of thought that as a creative person, you definitely need to suffer from a mental health issue. (laughs) So today we're going to pick your brain on it. Maybe you can tell us if this is usually what happens.
1: I'm excited for
0: it. Let's yeah. get into it. Very okay. happy. Right off the top, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to quote a few, a few notable, you know, past people who have been diagnosed and at least attributed some mental health issues. Yeah. So maybe I'll just start with a bit of the art side. Uh-huh. These are people who painters, because famously Van Gogh was attributed to have anxiety, depression, epilepsy and some say he also had like a xanthopil um, overdose which affected his artistry that's why if you look a lot at his art there's mm-hmm. a lot of yellowish content oh yeah so okay that was attributed to that mm-hmm. we also have edward munch mm-hmm. some of you might not know him but you might know his art pieces do you know the screaming man or the Screaming? oh yeah so yes uh, yes that yes. was edward edward munch he even said, I can't get rid of my illness, for there's a lot in my art that exists only because of them. Mm. Then further on, after his art got confiscated by Hitler's government and got labelled as degenerate art, mm-hmm. he, quote, he cited, sickness, madness, and death were the black angels that guarded my crib. And this is after he was diagnosed with the neurostema, which is basically hysteria plus hypochondria. A lot of artists uh, at that time, I think the diagnose, the diagnosis wasn't really either caught on early or it was misunderstood or they didn't really have it. Mm. At that time, what, what, what would you have said if somebody is coming with extraordinary work that like elicits an emotion from you, but then somebody tells you this person has a mental health issue?
1: It's, it's not really surprising because, um, especially back in those days, even up to now, there's still a lot, a, a lot about mental health that is not well known. Like it's still a territory that is not fully explored. And we have such a long way to go when it comes to mental illness. So at that time, when you see such kind of contents, let yeah. me call it contents, <laughs> it's <laughs> art, yeah. When you see such kind of art that is very... I don't even intense. intense. I don't know if intense is even the right word.
0: Otherworldly.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's something that is really out of this world. It's stuff that you've not seen before and people tell you that this is something that is coming out of their mind. Mm-hmm. Because you see, with um I think with most arts you don't get to copy. Like yes. you can you can you can see what other people mm-hmm. have done but but the really powerful art comes from you inside mm-hmm. inside your heart and inside your mind and it's when you pour your your heart to the canvas. That's when really moving art comes out yeah. so when you find uh, people who are telling you that that is the stuff that is in their mind yeah. and it's a period of time when mental illness is still a mystery because we are just coming out of the time when back in the day when somebody had a mental illness they thought that it was demons trapped in your head <laughs> and so they would uh, they would do something called i don't know if i'm gonna pronounce this properly it's called trefening or yeah. something like that so they would They would drill a hole in your skull. Yeah, so that the demons can escape from your skull. So when you're coming from such a period, and (laughs) people are drawing such kind of things, and Mm -hmm. they're only doing that because they feel that's the only way to let out that, that pressure inside of their minds, then it's really powerful. And diagnosing, I can only empathize with. Psychologists who are <laughs> <laughs> treating people like at treat that period people. of
0: time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of the, who's going to believe you first of all? That yeah. You're going to label my demons as mm, some, uh, some other strange scientific term.
1: Exactly, mm. exactly. And, and at that point, you're still trying to make a case for psychology. You're still fighting with people who think that it's a pseudoscience. Mm-hmm. And you have this person who has a mental illness. They cannot sleep. They cannot, they cannot exist mm-hmm. in, in peace in a way. There's always something troubling their minds. It's really a difficult time to be. I I, I do not envy any psychologist who existed at that time, and I am so. I think it gives us hope as professionals in this field at this time that, considering how far we have come to where we are now, there's been such a huge, uh, such a huge difference. There's yeah. a huge difference, which means that it's upon us to make even greater um strides strides, yeah greater strides to get to to get more answers about the mind as much as there's so little known about the mind like right now we think we know a lot about the mind only to realize that we don't know a lot more about the mind because every day the mind surprises you (laughs) i think neurologists can tell you a lot more about the mind but they will also tell you there are things that they don't know Uh because there are things that exist in your in your mind that you, you really don't have answers. That's why when you come to a psychologist, I think, it becomes really difficult when you're expecting them to give you answers. <laughs> yeah. It becomes really difficult when you're expecting them to give you answers because... they
0: decided to study, it. they should know them all.
1: Unfortunately, you can't because, you see, um, the mind is really a personal thing. Okay. It is such a personal territory. It, it's impossible for anybody to explore it for you. For you. So when you see um, our friend doing the screaming man and saying that the, the madness in his head is what is helping him cool. create that kind of content... As a psychologist, I'm not going to tell him to stop
0: yeah.
1: because if that is the only way he can cope with his, his, his demons, so-called demons, yeah. and I stop him, how how else is he supposed to express himself?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah it becomes really, uh, you have to choose the lesser evil, I think. And I don't know if that's the right phrase. Don't come for me, but yeah.
0: <laughs> On that note, yeah. maybe I'll just get a bit into modern day artists mm-hmm. who... Have come forward yeah. to just let it be known and share their experiences. Like for example, Mariah Carey mm-hmm. used to think she had a sleep disorder mm. until she went and then figured out she was diagnosed with bipolar two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it revolutionized herself with how she deals with people, how she's going to deal with her own problems. Yeah, Ariana Grande uh, developed PTSD after mm-hmm. twenty people were killed during one of her shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is also traumatic. Billie Eilish has been known to have depression and suicidal thoughts, but she's also working with them. Um, Bruce Princeton, he later figured, found out his father was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. So he decided to become more self-aware and figure out how to come up with co- coping mechanisms. Mm. Camilla Camelo diagnosed with OCD. Demi Lovato, bipolar disorder, Ed Sheeran had social anxiety. Ellie Gooding had performance anxiety. Um, Kelsey also had bipolar, Jenny Jackson was heavily depressed for a bit. Yeah. Justin Bieber also experienced depression. Kitty Perry experienced situational depression when she broke up with her, I think was a boyfriend mm-hmm. or husband at the time. Mm. Kendrick Lamar has also come out with depression and suicidal thoughts, yeah. Kid Cardi full-on depression, Lady Gaga as well, BTSD, uh-huh. even from her album which was Born This Way Foundation website, in order to encourage more people to seek help and also allow to be assisted. Yeah. Logic raised up the depression um, topic by coming up with a song, mm-hmm. where the song was titled The Suicide Prevention Oh yeah, yeah. That, well. that was epic. Yeah, so I, th- I think there's, there's much disparity in that. Now, as a as an idol, you shouldn't, they don't see it more as a shame, but rather something that people should be aware of, so that they themselves can learn how to better deal with it. Because sometimes, if you're also hiding what you're what you're suffering with, I think that's more that's more mental health you're adding to yourself because you're burying it down aside from people, but yeah. and now you're isolating yourself to deal with it.
1: Yeah, I see what you mean.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Okay. So, uh, based on that, maybe we can talk a bit about um, the mental health associations. The me, the basic ones we've talked about are depression, bipolar, psychosis, OCD, and substance dependence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah.
1: think I think um this this first of all I think it's important to point out that yes, there's a long list of artists, celebrities, if you may, who have come out to express their mental illnesses and mm-hmm. their struggle with mental health. But it's also important to not forget that that number is so small compared to the number that actually exists. Mm-hmm. Because we know that most people who struggle with mental illness tend to hide. They rarely come out. Mm-hmm. And also, I think when you from that list that you just read, you can see those are big names. Mm-hmm. So when you're uh, an artist who's just coming up, that is not the first thing that you want people to know about you. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it's something that people hide. Yeah. So you'll find um, a, a, an upcoming musician will probably put that uh, hide that a bit and wait for a time when they have achieved some level of fame, some yeah. uh, some level of financial we won't freedom. Care <laughs> yeah, where 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 they feel that if I cannot speak about my mental illness, it doesn't mean that I will go to bed hungry or even if I lose one deal because some company or some. Brand does not want to be associated with someone who has a mental illness that is not going to um, uh, make me broke uh-huh. if I may say yeah like <laughs> they, they they have they have some security behind them yeah. before they can come out like that I don't know that's just my my um, yeah, view it, it yeah. could be it could be something else but that's just my, my view that these names come up when it's people who have already achieved that some level of success yeah. it's really somebody just starting out it's really that yeah and then there's also the there's this um, this the stigma for why people will not go like well-known people will not want to be out there saying talking about their mental illness because they feel that uh, their name is too big so when you're such a you're a well-known person and and you it leaks sometimes it leaks and so was seen coming out of some mental, Ill, uh, <laughs> mental health clinic yeah. what is going on with them and then tmz is all over you and paparazzi everywhere they want to know if you're taking medication is that why you are acting out if they think that you're acting out is that yeah. why now they start scrutinizing every single move that you make yeah. so some people will hide because they don't want that that kind of attention
0: so basically it's media perception that weighs heavily on them by the time yeah. they want to figure out what to do next.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then also I don't I don't know how how strong the culture is in the in the music industry yeah. for people to like for example let's see let's say like managers and yeah. and the people on the crew and all those people like you know how like a sports team when it's traveling to to for a match or something they usually have like a doctor
2: yeah.
1: a, a doctor for the team in case somebody gets hurt they have somebody on call right there on standby just in case. So I would also want I don't know the numbers I don't know if this exists but your do we number, have people put, put your number out there. Please. Yeah, <laughs> like do you have people do you have uh, musicians and artists and creatives who have a psychologist or a therapist on call yeah. somebody they have just in case they feel that things are not going well with themselves like that is maybe a challenge which we, I, are you I, I am artists, issuing are you hearing yeah. artists? yeah that's which a challenge uh, I'm issuing out there yeah. when uh, if, if you can consider putting a therapist on, on your payroll yeah. I know you have people on your payroll you have your social media person you have your cameraman to take your nice photos to put on the internet you have your sound people you have your setup people and people you have people you have a chef
0: people will say they have their mothers they have their sisters to who come are assistants. not therapists
1: mm-hmm. That's the problem, who are not therapists. Yeah. And you see, there's this, there's this concept called, um, there's this concept of compassion where
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, there's this therapist who calls it um, idiot compassion and voice compassion. So, like, voice compassion is when you have somebody, like a therapist, who can give you perspective on things from an uns- outsider's perspective, but also they do not have any hidden motives mm-hmm. for your recovery. Yeah. But, idiot compassion is where you find yourself, you, like when you have a problem and you go to your friend and you tell them, your friends sometimes will be like, "Wow, akipole, to do," <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, yes, they feel bad for you, That's but there's nothing. There is, not, there is no. don't insight. know how to
0: take themselves out of the picture in order to give you. Yeah. The and they
1: would not view. even give you uh, some. Some of the friendships are so uh, based on the fact that they will not give you that um, that real feedback that you need. Like mm-hmm. when you've messed up, and you know you've messed up, mm-hmm. but you know sometimes you need somebody to actually point out to you how you've messed yes. up and how you can okay. walk around it. Some of, our, some of our friends will not tell us those things because they don't want to or throw to ruin, off the relationship. the
0: relationship. Exactly.
1: They think that if they tell you, the relationship is going to fall apart. Yeah. And others want to maintain the status quo anyway. Yeah. There are some friends, maybe you're the, messed one, the one in the relationship, you're the one who's messed up. Ah. So for them, they've always taken the role of the one who supports. supports. So the moment you become independent and free and no longer messed up in their yeah. perspective, yeah. you've thrown off the balance of the relationship so they don't know how to interact with you anymore so that that becomes really difficult that becomes really difficult for you to even open up to them because you really don't know what they will tell you and you also don't know what role you play in their lives Uh, and so again um, artists if you can you should consider it have have a therapist on call have somebody you know you can always call once a month to have a sit down and 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 talk and talk it out because talk therapy is one of the most powerful therapies that exists like what other therapy can you really attribute to the fact that you just sit with someone and talk and somehow things Uh get better
0: because like by the time i was mentioning katy perry's situational depression Mm -hmm. that happens to a lot of us when Mm. you've broken up with somebody and you're feeling your heart has gone down and your friends they were there to witness it all which makes which means they will either be partisan or just oh, yeah, they'll be like,
1: by the way, Did you see how he looked? Did you see his feet? <laughs> they
0: tell you after the yeah,
1: they will tell you how bad the person was. Yeah. They will not tell you, they will not want to have the conversation about what role you played. Yeah. Because a relationship is two people, most of the time, yeah. ordinary relationship really be two people.
0: There are some we have seen with three especially people. Especially the way artists, <laughs> artists are very sensitive for when it comes to matters of the heart. Yeah. hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. not really going through and processing the feelings yeah. going through, or considering it a slight disorder mm-hmm. by the time they're going through it. You just say, ah, maneno eroho, you will move on, but also just that process.
1: Yeah, it's really difficult. And you see, uh, people tend to think that this pain and this loss and this grief is only associated with death and things like that. But it's loss of even jobs. Yeah. A gig that fell through that you were supposed to go to and something happened. Exactly. COVID happened yeah. and you no longer went to your world tour.
0: Excluding Africa.
1: Yeah. Of course. <laughs> we see you international artists.
0: Yeah, yeah we, so t- even our own local ones. Yeah. Still just the whole process of fine, this is no longer happening. Yeah. No artist gigs. You had you had Koroga as an artist. Yeah. yeah. Before you start panicking that your career is going down the drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seek help, just to know that there is solutions or at least there is conversations you mm-hmm. can have with people yeah. in order to just try to find your own path.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and there's this notion of people thinking that um, you need to have a dose of madness, if I may call (laughs) it, quotes, (laughs) a dose of madness. For you to be creative yeah. i think that's a huge myth that has been propagated a lot and i don't know why
0: because again like we've, we've called out all these big names yeah and each one of them has a condition. that's where people are always like madness and creativity yeah have to go, go honey
1: yeah i don't think that's a fact because actually I, I was reading something that was uh it's a research that was done and these guys were saying that um from the participants of that research a huge number of them I don't want to throw the numbers because mm-hmm. I, I might get them wrong. Mm-hmm. But a huge uh, number of them said when they are least stressed, when they are least depressed, when they are feeling, when they are in their bestest, bestest mood, mm-hmm. is when they produce some of their greatest, greatest work. Uh, that was that was some th- what they got mm-hmm. from the numbers. Mm-hmm. But then again, I know there are some people who keep saying that for them, when they, they, they were the high, they were the most depressed, is when they gave the best yeah, song. So the they, yeah, through. but but I think I think it's important. Okay, in my opinion. When you say that the feelings came through when you were most depressed and you gave your best work, yeah. what I hear is when you were most in touch with your emotions is when you were able to produce your best work. Yeah. Only that this time the emotions were not happy emotions. Yeah. So it's not really about being depressed that made you creative. It's you were just in, in a creative. In touch, you were yeah. Touch, you got in touch with the emotions. In, different
0: emotions. Yeah.
1: Have you have you considered getting in touch with your really good emotions? Your really. Let me not label good and bad emotions. Like with your really positive emotions, the emotions that make you feel really good. Yeah. Have you been able to get in touch with those emotions and produce your best work as well?
0: So that's how I would look are at you it. You're saying the ones who dig deep into their negative emotions—they
1: might produce their best work, and uh, it's uh, there's nothing wrong with digging in into your negative emotions because awareness. Again, you're trying have, to.
0: We have sad rap. We have emo rap. Mm-hmm. We have emo rock songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> People are feeling afflicted by the universe.
1: Yeah, but but you you just have to figure out what really works, but don't stay in that depressive mode. Mm. Just because you want to produce your best work because that is not a guarantee that your best work will be the one you produce when you're depressed okay so actually yeah. just seek help
0: now that we've mentioned positive and negative yeah there are a couple of coping mechanisms mm-hmm. as a layman i've <laughs> i've gone through and done a little research mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. you'll expand more on them yeah. um, there's problem focused there's emotion focused mm-hmm. there's distraction there's social support mm-hmm. there's acceptance there's even religion and faith, mm-hmm. and of course, denial. Yeah. So, according to you, how are some some mechanisms that you would advise? Because the ones I've mentioned is how people tend to deal with them. Yeah. But you, what would you advise?
1: Uh, okay, there's, there's nothing wrong with coping mechanisms. Let's start from there. Mm-hmm. It's just the degree to which we use them.
0: Yeah dependence and over reliance on some of them
1: yeah so for example um denial when when you look at denial as a coping mechanism think about when you have when you have um what do you call them when when you go through grief the first uh the first emotion that hits you is denial mm-hmm. it's rarely this acceptance can't have died. yeah
0: this person i just talked to that is yesterday. a pure
1: lie you qu- he didn't die or mm. she didn't die she's still alive i think i think they just did diagnose gross misery mm. we need to get a second opinion yeah. yeah so people the first thing that you do is deny but it's not because now you have a problem it's because that is the very first feeling that you get that's the first reaction that you get mm. so it's very important to point out that having a coping strategy. Is not bad it is through the degree to which you use that coping strategy so let's say for example religion and faith that is something that i've seen a lot of people use yeah. especially when they have gone through really painful things in their life so when somebody you know,
0: has nafungua, gone through
1: yeah mm-hmm. and funny enough i think also before i even go <laughs> on you should add there's a, something called toxic positivity <laughs> that is something we should talk about um yes. uh, so so religion and faith people will use religion as a is a coping mechanism, but now they make it really bad when when, um, when you take it to the extremes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You avoid all your emotions, you stop even processing the pain, and you just go, God God knows why this happened. Yeah. It's God's plan. God yeah. gives and God takes away. Blessed be his name. You know, you go all job on us, yeah. and we're like, what? Have you even taken a moment to process, to process the, the emotion? Yeah. Have you taken a moment to, to, to try to understand? This is death, or this is loss, or this is something. This is a gig that fell through. How am I really feeling? How am I really feeling? What if I was? Uh, what, what if you were atheist? What would you do? <laughs> because the atheist, uh, I believe, don't believe in God, right? Yeah. Or uh, or any deity. Yeah. So um yeah. So when you use religion as a crutch, but you use it so much that you numb or you you close off or you push away every other emotion, and you just go full God, that's a problem, yeah. because. Uh, how long will you do that for everything? Maybe and there's some, some things that some just people. hit you.
0: There's some people who know how to carry uh, sweep things under the rug. For exactly, years, for exactly. Years.
1: And and we all know that eventually they usually come out of that rug, right? Yeah, we have seen those things uh, explode. You, li- you either explode or you implode. Yeah. It's going to be one or the other. That's the thing with coping strategies. Once you over rely on a coping strategy, you're gonna implode or explode at some point. If you do not deal with emotion, because here's the thing with emotions, they don't go away. Yeah. You can postpone them, <laughs> but they will not go away until you deal with them.
0: The day of reckoning is just is just, just bubbling over. Lazima, Lazima,
1: Lazima. That's why you will see somebody. Um, I had this story of this lady who lost her husband, mm-hmm. and on the day of the funeral, she didn't even cry. She didn't feel anything. She was okay. She's actually the one serving people. She was all mm-hmm. over the place, happy. Uh, Karibuni, thank you so much for coming. Then ten years later, she's seated at a restaurant and she breaks down, kabisa, completely to be admitted in hospital for for a couple of days yeah, yeah. it they, they never go away so
0: okay uh, with regard to how people cope mm-hmm. and you is it possible to tie that in with, uh, with reference to somebody's personality profile like for example if i'm extroverted mm-hmm. usually i tend to be the one who's having that toxic positivity or would you say that personality profile and your coping mechanisms are not are not intertwined, but they are contributing factors in how you will be able to to deal with them.
1: I think the uh, it's it's very difficult to um to separate coping strategies and personality because it part of your personality will lead you to cope in a certain mm. way. In so, for example, an extroverted person is going to end up hanging out with friends, social, you said social, um, the social oh, it's, it's support. Social That's the person who will go for social support. You'll find that when they have gone through something really difficult, they want to be around their friends. They want to feel supported by their friends. They want to see them every day and hang out. And yeah. that is how they're able to go through their emotions. Yeah. So your, your personality plays a key role because you cannot run away from your personality. You can only modify parts of it that maybe are problematic, but it does not mean that you can run away from them and your coping strategy will can either your your coping strategy can be determined a lot by Uh, your personality
0: so like for example if I was neurotic that neuroticism yeah emotional intelligence so I'd be more prone to emotionally focus on my coping mechanism and deal with either acceptance or denial
1: yeah, some people will go... Uh, when when you, you are leaning a lot more on the neuroticism side, you will find yourself, uh, you get irritable, super angry. You cannot control emotions in the presence of people or even when you're on mm-hmm. your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your coping strategy might be either you will try to... If you if you, 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 you have self-awareness, you might know, but then me, I lean a lot on neuroticism. So I need to work on it to ensure that it does not distract me. Mm-hmm. It, do, it does not destroy me. Yeah. So that is part of self-awareness, know, knowing what is my personality like and what will hurt me. Because th- that is the whole point of knowing your personality, by the way. It's not so that you know it and tell people, by the way, accept That is not the point of knowing your personality. Yeah. Like <laughs> when you take a personality test, you yeah. don't just take it and be like, yeah, I found it, this is the one, let's an, stick.
0: I, it was INTSJ or those <laughs> ones? Yeah,
1: the, 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 the Maya Briggs test. Yeah. yeah, knowing them does not now give you the permission <laughs> to become more stuck in your difficult uh, in your difficult sides and rigid sides yeah so knowing your personality is the thing that you're supposed to be you you because you see again uh, these are guidelines personality these personality tests they are not things that are cast on stone these are things that are fluid and 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 they both have they have a negative and a positive side you know when what what um like for example an an ifj is very moody yeah. But knowing that you're moody does not mean now you become moody and moody and moody forever. <laughs> it's knowing you get moody and then moody. saying, um, now I'm going to find a way to work on my moodiness so that it does not destroy my work, it does yeah. not destroy my relationships, it does not destroy me, it does not destroy my life. Uh, that is the whole point of knowing it.
0: So it's just just like the Bible. You yeah. inflict, It's a teaching tool and a guidance tool exactly. for you to use and apply it yeah. yourself to grow.
1: Yeah. It's it's like insight. When you have insight into something, if you don't apply the insight, then it's useless.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I should go and subscribe to my personality my personality groups because I've decided mine says I'm a Leo cancer, so I'm both extroverted and introverted. So I've been using it nicely to try and Yeah. <laughs> excuse my personality.
1: Yeah, you we, we can excuse it to a degree <laughs> and then we are like, Wow, bro, <laughs> Ebuak on it by the way. At this point you're becoming now. Uh, Dennis the Menace. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. um yeah. In line with that, so basically, what we are advising, guys, basically today on this podcast yeah. is learn yourself again, which was said in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Learn yourself. Teach yourself the things that you need to know. Seek help when you when you always can, because one man is not an island. yeah a man is not an island Mm -hmm. so don't don't keep yourself knowing what you know but rather also seek out other things so that you may also know because like by the time Mariah Carey she thought she had the sleeping disorder only later to come and find that it was also in line with bipolar uh, bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. so by the time you're seeking out help don't just stick stick to your normals your friend your family but also go to somebody who's dedicated towards just trying to also help you discover who you are
1: yeah because because also i think people need to understand that what you know Mm -hmm. is less than what you don't know Mm -hmm. so there's always room to learn you can't say you know everything even when you've learned yourself you're going to find out you're you you're like an onion you keep having layers and layers And different situations bring out different sides of you that you even didn't know existed
2: yeah so Mm -hmm.
1: there's no end to self awareness and self-development and just learning there's no end so the more you the more you know the more there is for you to know the because the less you know like it's a it's actually a, something from back in the day is it socrates who said it it's a philosopher who yeah. said the the more you know the more you realize just you how much how more you, you, know. you don't know yeah. so there's room for growth and also growth.
0: having quoted some of these famous people know that it's it's prevalent it's not just isolated kind of situations where only the, all artists need to have a mental health issue or some specific ones who are genius it's something that you you get to discover your creativity is always within you the mental health might expound it in terms of the emotions you're feeling and also just putting into your song or into your canvas
1: yeah and I think um we actually important that's an important point because there are some people who say that you when you have a mental illness you're likely to become not that thing we say, a dash of mental illness for you mm-hmm. to become really creative. Yeah. But it's also quite true that when you are when you are going through a mental illness, creativity helps mm. for you to feel better.
0: It helps you cope. Yeah. It helps you so put it out there to the world. Because yeah. maybe that's your way of just trying to mm-hmm. tell the world, this is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Because by the time um, there's this artist, he's called Louis uh, Wayne. Hmm. So at the start of his artistic career, he used to draw cats with big eyes hmm. just to amuse his wife. Then unfortunately later, his wife died of cancer, which ended up triggering depression, and he ended up going and getting diagnosed with schizophrenia. Oh yeah. So now his art completely changed. It was full of psychedelic cats. Hmm. So he was still pouring out his art, but now, this uh, mental health also contributed a bit to the change of his his style. Mm Very true, very You Might start out having, doing happy things. You get left, then your music changes. Um, Adele, Adele went through um, postpartum, postpartum depression Mm -hmm. as well as, I think also, um, there's also another artist who went through postpartum. I think it was Alanis Morcette. So yeah, just after giving birth as well as an yeah. artist you know because by the time you see some of the artists b- debating should i post my kids on social media and get them associated to me mm-hmm. or should i just keep them separate aside from it so <laughs> you are fine having all this fame and attention when yeah. you're alone but now you have a legacy How here the world yeah suddenly these now people now you don't you don't know exactly who you are anymore very sure uh, very so. sure it's sometimes it might be situational. Sometimes it might be inherited. Go out there, find out. Yeah.
1: Seek help because Seek it's health. there. And it's there.
0: And y'all who are labeling, please at least just diagnose so that at least you're sure. Because <laughs> just taking a label is not right for the people who are going through going through that particular disorder. When they Very need sure. uh, they need the attention, they need the awareness, they need the resources. Yeah. So coming out as a wolf, uh, the boy who cried the wolf it won't help the society. So Mm -hmm. go fast, get checked. And if these big people are out there letting it be known, also you be proud of it, because it's the first step towards healing and being in in an environment which accepts you, Mm -hmm. rather than constantly just keeping it to yourself. And then when the media gets it, now they blow it out of proportion. Now it's adding more depression to you, it's adding more anxiety to you by Mm -hmm. the time you're going on stage. Wondering how you're going to relate, to fans.
1: Yeah, and yeah. you're not alone. That's it's very important to realize that you're not alone. Mental illness is a universal, it's a universal uh, concept.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It occurs to it does not it does not um um pick or choose who to go to. It's yeah. it's an illness. So yeah. you're not alone, and your case is not isolated. Your situation might feel like you're alone, but you're not. So reach out, talk to people. Talk, the first step is, is taking that step of courage to talk to someone. And that someone is going to figure out, especially if you talk to somebody who, even if you go to a hospital, they will figure it out. They will try to direct you where to go. So, also be aware, don't just tell your friends and then laugh about it and drink and then forget it.
0: Yeah, Uh, Substance dependencies, coping mechanisms, that's very rampant in our our industry. Mm. At the time you're hearing guys found with drug overdoses. Mm -hmm. It's um, very sad, imagine. Gang affiliations. It's because... Somebody is not self-aware and they don't know how to deal with it. So your friends are constantly doing drugs. Yeah. So in order for social support, in quotes, mm. you reach out to them and they <laughs> tell you, this is how we cope. So yeah. they're basically dispensing you drugs. Yeah. You could have taken that time, go to a professional need. get the help you need.
1: Yeah, very true. I agree with you, Lavi.
0: Awesome, awesome. So at least today we've gotten a bit into making it relevant. I'm thinking on the next podcast, dear users and dear artists. If you're joining us, we're going to go in depth into some of the symptoms, some things that you can you can say.
1: Yeah, and if you have questions, concerns, comments, anything, something you want to yeah, anything you want to be addressed, like something that has been bothering you, something you might need uh, some light to be shed on, just share it so that we know we know what, what is what is serving you most yeah because yeah. we are here to serve you anyway as well as
0: we'll be giving you coping mechanisms that yeah. you can try pick up mm-hmm. and please 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 do your research man there we have the internet now okay not on some sites <laughs> make sure at least they are accredited like our own psychiatrists in the in the room so but yeah <laughs> seek out information yeah the more you know the better you are armed mm-hmm. very yeah very true very true Keep you it boomplay, you'll get our podcast exclusive, and we look forward to having you guys tune in every week on Conversations with a Therapist.
1: Bye. Bye <laughs> <laughs>